0: Hello, friends. My name is Nick O'Hanlon, and today on the Up to Something podcast, I welcome my good friend, Susie Dunley. Susie works for a public relations firm in Columbus, Ohio, with special interests in new media and communications. I've known her for, what, like seven or eight years now? Uh, Please help me welcome Susie Dunley to the podcast.
1: hello how's it
0: going it's it's good to it's it's good to to talk to you and and have you on um how's your quarantine been so far
1: it has been interesting i've been getting into a lot of new things though which is fun when you're alone you're forced to entertain yourself in many ways so yeah
0: and you haven't been like furloughed or anything like you're still working full-time
1: luckily a lot of people that i work with uh client-wise have been furloughed um Hmm. So it's pretty heartbreaking. A lot of my main contacts day to day are no longer there. Um, wow. but they're they're all pretty hopeful and looking forward to coming back to their same company in a couple of months, hopefully. So right.
0: So what is it that you actually do for them?
1: Yeah, so I work for a public relations agency. We're based out of Columbus. Um our office up in Westerville though, which is about I don't know, thirty minutes from downtown. Um, and we do all kinds of things for our clients, which is what a lot of people don't know so p r is basically the outlet that is kind of a middleman between companies, organizations, associations, and the media um so when the media has all these stories that they are talking about on the news, like in the newspaper, magazines, articles, all this kind of stuff, uh a lot of times it is a public relations agency. Telling the media that story for them to then write about it, talk about it, share about it. So, yeah, because
0: when I think about it, like I feel like I think about press releases. Like that's where I feel like PR really comes into play. But I don't know what else really goes on. Like what else? Because you're not obviously not just like writing press releases all day. Yeah,
1: <laughs> sometimes I am, but <laughs> I, a lot of times I'm not. So it, press releases are interesting. That is definitely just one aspect of how you can comu- communicate something um, to others. We also mm-hmm. do we do something that we call media kits, which sometimes include press releases and sometimes don't. Um, and that could be like a fact sheet about a company or about even a company's initiative that they're doing. Um, and then we do, we just sharing stories. So it's kind of, what we, call, we call ourselves storytellers, which is kind of a fun, fun way to think about it because we're really taking these client stories and sharing them. And we get to be the ones to kind of frame how we're going to do that and what way to do it. So we do write press releases, but we also do a wide array of other stuff. Um, But with that said, it's also not even all just the media these days. PR has definitely evolved to be a lot more. So we do a lot more for our clients than just media relations.
0: So that was something I I wanted to ask you about, because obviously we're living in a world where communication is, it's changing every day and mm-hmm. we're like we see new apps pop up for example all the time about uh communication and um just the way that we get messages out to people changes so how does that factor into what you do and and how do you i guess address what that uh like the changes that that happen sort of for the general public
1: yeah so that exactly is actually what is keeps me excited about my job and about the future mm-hmm. of my career just because the communication and media outlets and all this stuff is changing. Um, we definitely have to stay up on that. I think being ahead of trends is a big win for public relations. Um, so
0: how do you that, keep ahead of trends?
1: That That is tough. It's really, <laughs> we have, we, as a team, we have a really small team, which I think works to our advantage. There's about 15 of us at my agency and we we actually sit down in meetings and we talk about kind of what's going on, what we've seen. We have an ongoing stream of communication. Um, We use Microsoft Teams. This is not an ad. (laughs) (laughs) We uh, have actually a stream going where we just post things that we see happening. And then we, everyone just comments their opinions and feelings about what others share. Uh, And I think that, Always just sparks new ideas, I mean, like you always look at what other people are doing, and then how can you do it differently and do it mm-hmm. better so I think like, you always have to look at what what someone did and then what is not not trying to, not that there's always something wrong with it, but what is wrong with what this person did and quote wrong that you could really change
0: so then with uh with the quarantine and everything and people not really leaving their houses as much what is what has that changed about what you do? And is there or is there a difference between uh, how you operate as a a company during and before quarantine?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest transition we've had to make is the angles that we're telling stories now. Hmm. So it's actually there was just a recent article that we my boss and I talked about today. It came out in The New York Times, where the Times the the writer of the times actually called out a publicist at a fashion agency in i think it was in LA um but he literally called her out by name named the agency basically like blacklisting her because she was bugging him and nagging him with a terrible angle of her story and it was really insensitive the way that she was pitching this story um just to the current like crisis and and So it was very interesting. So I think a lot of we've had to think about what our clients are doing. And like if they're some of our clients aren't affected by this as much as others and they're, they they want to keep going with their day to day business. And we've had to like take a step back and even talk to some of our clients and be like, hey, we can't really tell this story the way you want it to be told right now or like promote this product or promote this like initiative that you're doing because of everything going on. Uh, we have to be like very sensitive to what we're putting out there because
0: what would be an example of that? I mean, so a company comes to you with a, with an idea of theirs or some initiative, like you said, and uh, what, like, what does that look like?
1: So I guess just one of our examples, we work with an association. It's um, an environmental kind of association Hmm. for the state and they are, Putting in a new, they're wanting to pass some legislation around um, air quality and stuff like that. And, the, and they're pushing it very scientifically. And uh, it's just not right now the focus. And it's, we don't want, I don't know, it's hard to push something like that when everyone's minds are only on one thing. And luckily, a lot of our clients, I will take a step back though and say a lot of our clients are doing some things right now that are related to COVID. Um, whether that be giving back to the community, offering special deals for kids and families, stuff like that. So that's the stories that we're really wanting to push. Um, but we have had some of our clients just come with very random asks. And then th- it's interesting because they'll start emails with, not sure if this is even relevant right now. <laughs> and we're like, if you're saying that, you clearly know what we're going to say. <laughs> it is it is not relevant we have to be we have to be more sensitive to that
0: so would you say the majority of your work is in some way affected or directly about covid at the moment
1: actually yeah, I would say that because I think almost everyone has had to every communicator um, has had to take a shift in their approach to things um mm-hmm. uh, so if you see on every Social media platform. Every almost every people, every company that releases newsletters, e-blasts, uh, anything like that, will have language around uh, coronavirus. And so, I think that because of that, is a lot of stuff that we do. We've had to shift our language for a lot. We've had to write a lot of language for clients, and we've been brainstorming what our clients can be doing to tackle this. Kind of like what so we have some restaurant clients and we have been brainstorming what they can do during this time and kind of sharing ideas with them. Yeah. It's some, some, we have a interesting relationship with a lot of clients. Sometimes we act as just straight support and sometimes we're kind of like their therapist and sometimes we are just their brainstormers. But yeah.
0: You know, when I, as far as how you operated before COVID anyway, uh, were there anything was was there anything in your uh, protocols or, or part of your your workspace that you felt helped prepare you for this? Uh, or were when this was all happening and you know we were shutting down bars and restaurants and then we had these social distancing orders in place? Was all of that learning sort of really on the fly for you? And then what did that look like?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So for me personally. I have learned a ton throughout this the past couple weeks. Um it's been a big learning experience for me. I am lucky that my boss, she has been in this industry for 30 years and the past like 20 of them she's been specializing in crisis communication specifically. Oh, wow. So she when they made all these crazy announcements about everything closing, she was like the go-to person for every single one of our clients to, and they were like we're gonna go over all of our contacts and go straight to the boss lady because she is she knows what she's doing but with that said, my team has been lucky to learn from her on how to deal with crises and um, so we have had many like just s- seminars and like discussions about how to deal with the crisis and that is part of what we do for a lot of our clients so we actually a lot of people hire us to come up with these crisis plans for them. So it was basically a a what-if situation. So what if this happens? What if this happens? How are we going to react? So I think because of that, as an agency, we were very prepared. Um, Again, I'm lucky that I had people above me to look up to in that time because I have learned so much now, and I feel prepared for when, if this happens again, or even just smaller crises at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely, yeah,
0: I feel like that's, that's totally true. And that goes for, you know, us in healthcare too, thinking about how we're going to change the way that we operate and how much we've learned from this. And, you know, I think about, you know, going forward, if we were to experience something like this again, I I feel like there are so many industries that will, they'll just look at it differently. They would, you know, we're in this panic because we've never had to deal with anything like this before. Right. And uh yeah, it, it's it's that's strange to think about because I hadn't quite considered that you might be getting more business now because of that.
1: We have actually been very busy the past month and a half, uh, because of that. We've had clients that um we've kind of stopped working with in over the past few years just out of the uh, they haven't they didn't really need our services anymore and anything, but we had, and everyone was reaching out left and right for support, and we've been crafting messaging. Um, So it's interesting the time now because it's settled down a bit. We talked a lot about right when everything started closing and the crisis really arose. We started talking about um, it was all about how to communicate this and how to talk about it with your people you're selling to, your guests, Mm -hmm. your association members, whatever it may be. It's interesting now that we're shifting focus to what can you be doing right now and then even trying to be hopeful and saying okay so what are we going to do when this is over like how are we going to kind of relaunch ourselves uh, especially for those restaurants that are reopening like right. how are we... so it's just we've shifted a little bit away from the communicating it because I think everyone now is aware of kind of where every yep, every fine, huh? a lot of locations were putting out the same messages at, at mm-hmm. this point. So it's neat to see how we're shifting.
0: So then how did you get into this in the first place? I mean, you know, I've, I obviously knew you all through college, but I, I feel like I don't remember anything specific about you, like flipping the switch to say, this is what I want to do. So what really, what drove you to get into this field in the first place?
1: Yes. I really think it was a, a switch flipped I did not want to do PR until my last semester of college, which is really interesting because I I knew I wanted to be a communicator. I majored in strategic communications and I loved writing. So I picked up a minor in writing and I don't know. I just was, I liked social media. I think social media is very interesting and has so many capabilities, but I didn't Big want to- Big
0: TikTok be- gal right now?
1: Oh yeah, huge TikTok but social media is very cool, and I had the experience to intern um, at a company where I did social media for the summer, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a lot. But I didn't, I didn't want to be just pinpointed in only doing social media because I knew there was so much more to it, and I, I wanted to do more than that. I wanted to do more than just staying in my character count of words for a tweet, and you know. Yeah. So I actually it was one of my courses at Ohio State was it was a our capstone class was we had to do an entire campaign, and it wasn't even PR really. They kind of say it is, but it wasn't really. It was more just a strategy and planning and coming up with all these ideas, and I loved it. And so I knew I wanted to work with a team that was collaborative and that would like brainstorm and share those ideas with clients. And I like the idea of having clients because it makes every day different. And I think that's what's really appealing about PR is it really, every day it really is different. Like I, some, I do, sometimes it takes me a few days to do a project. So maybe those few days of the week are the same, but besides that, I'm doing different stuff every day and I'm lucky to have a variety of clients so I get to touch in, not touch on nonprofit. I get to touch on restaurant. I get to touch on like agriculture and different state associations and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, I didn't come to that realization until the end of college, and I was like, like many, I didn't really know what PR was because it wasn't the name of my major, and it wasn't just I don't know. It wasn't a career that I knew anyone that worked in it really. Until I made that made some connections and actually learned about it, so I don't know, I am very happy with my decision because I think agency was the way to go for a career out of- co- right out of college as well yeah we got, so yeah.
0: the that you said a few things that made me think about do you look at i guess press releases and other other sorts of communications on social media differently now? than you did you know, maybe three or four years ago before you really got into this in the first place. I mean, it, thinking about like, let's say a particular article of some kind, um, is there a way that you deconstruct that or it, a thought process that maybe it makes you have a different view of what yeah. you're reading?
1: Absolutely. I definitely, I start to look at things and I see, like I know in writing a press release set, there's always a quote. And an interesting fact about press releases is the quote in them that a lot of times are shared with media is written by the publicist. It's written Mm. by usually the PR team or the person writing the release. It's not actually said by who they're quoting. We kind of make those quotes up. And I remember doing that for the first time and being like, is this allowed? Am I allowed to do that? (laughs) And it is. It's completely part of writing a press release is just writing a quote and keeping a quote in there. So now, every time I see those in articles, I'm like, I know they didn't actually say that. They approved it, but they didn't actually say it.
0: But uh, that's that's super interesting. I
1: know. Fun facts. <laughs> huh. uh, and then just like little things too. I I think about the story. I think about the angle of it. Um, and a lot of times, sometimes uh, writers even just share the press release directly, which means that it was written very well. <laughs> and then others mm-hmm. will. Tweak it, so I don't. I just I think I just see I don't know social too. You I I catch all these little things now.
0: Like what I mean? What are you What are you seeing that you're like? Oh wow, that's definitely got a spin on it.
1: I guess obviously grammar. I catch that a lot more than I used to. I'm I'm one of the grammar nazis Mm -hmm. again. Part of my career. Um, I think I think a lot more about the bigger picture and the story and the campaign of things now, so when I see an article or I see something on social media, a lot of times I'll click to see the rest of the story. So, like, I will go to that person's profile, and I'm like, oh, what other tweets are they doing around this topic? Or, like, oh, they pitched this story to the media. Either who else is covering it, or what else, like, how else are they getting the word out there? I don't know. I think that's really... It. i just like to see the, the stories that people are telling and what they're doing and how others are going about it
0: so when you when you say you're you're seeing this stuff and uh you're sort of going through and analyzing it are, are there any stories in particular that you're like man these are or is there anything that comes to mind as far as man they did this really well and then maybe on the flip side are have you been have you seen something like a misinformation campaign, something where you've seen a, a collaborated effort to maybe push something that isn't true or is disingenuous? Is that something that you you see as well?
1: Yeah, I've seen that actually a lot with some blogger work. So another part of my job is to work with um, bloggers and influencers. Hmm. Um, that's a part that I really enjoy doing. I've gotten to know a lot of local Columbus bloggers Um but I think it's tough. A lot of companies will misuse bloggers or it's just, it's just tough because there are so many out there now, so many bloggers and influencers that want to grow and want to make a name for themselves on social media and on their blog that they, they eat up any little kind of like things that they can get from companies to get recognition. So they're like, oh, this is a story for me to tell. I'm going to post all about it. And I've seen... I've seen that go wrong um, because companies will just share very little information, or just I don't know, not stuff that a blogger should really be talking about, know, and bloggers like will what? just. Oh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example. I'm blanking.
0: So yeah. I mean, then uh, on on top of that, do you have any? I, I mean, I know there's probably confidentiality is a big part of your your job but uh, is there anything that a client's asked you to do or a motive that they've had behind you know approaching you and wanting the services of your firm that you know you and your coworkers are like whoa maybe maybe not this is this is something we don't want to be involved in or we need to change this majorly before it can be you know we can put our name on it
1: uh yeah i think a lot of that it's not usually any we haven't had any big woes a yeah. lot of times it's just we can't work with clients that conflict with other clients, so we've had some issues there. Um, like we have a lot of like eco friendly clients and stuff like that. And then we had a company come in that was talking, it was like a garbage company and it wasn't mm-hmm. eco friendly in any way. And it's like, oh, we can't say we work with you when we work with this person who's pushing the complete opposite. Um, but I don't know. We haven't had any big, crazy things. Usually, people are pretty understanding. A lot of times, clients or prospective clients will come in with a lot of asks, and they're, they think they know what they want. But it, all it needs is a conversation with us for them to realize that that's not what they want. Like our, like not not that our ideas are better, but our ideas, <clears throat> excuse me, are just more thought out because we've done this for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so we haven't had any crazy. Crazy asks, at least I personally, I'm sure some of my coworkers that have been in the field a little longer have had a few crazy asks. But I know since my time with the agency, it's a lot of just have a conversation. Let's sit down. We're going to talk through what you're thinking. We're going to talk through what we're thinking. We're going to see how we can make everyone happy. It's really a partnership. It's not like we call them our teammates. Just as a, We're an extension of their team more so mm-hmm. than not really working for them. Um, so I think it's all, everything can be fixed with a good conversation, so.
0: So when I'm hearing all this and, and uh, seeing this lens that you're, you're sort of viewing, I, I guess specifically communication that you would find on social media is, is something I'm really interested in getting your, your thoughts on because uh, you, know, you and I have had conversations about this in the past and you obviously know where I stand, but the president of the United States right now, uh-huh. right? Uh, I can hear that laughing. (laughs) So, uh, his tweets, for example, are unfiltered there. His style of communication is not, um, you know, you, you don't find him communicating a lot of the time through a press release when there's something big going on, or if it does come out in a press release, it's already been tweeted about, you know, at least an hour beforehand. Do you think there's value in that? Uh, in having someone that I guess is a little more unfiltered and that you're seeing maybe a real-time thought process, whether you agree with it or not, Uh, or do you think in in the context of something like the presidency, it should be a little more polished um, and, and released in maybe a different medium than, than what we're seeing right now?
1: I think social media is very powerful and I think it has so many capabilities But I think there's also definitely needs to be a strategy behind it, especially when it's someone obviously like the president or a company or a brand um, who wants to keep up a reputation. I think you need to have strategy because if you want a story, a lot of, if a reporter sees a story or if someone sees a story on Twitter, even consumers see something on Twitter and they're going to like know about it and they're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But if it, And then they see it in a whole article, maybe. If they already know about it, they're not that likely to usually read the whole article about it. So it's really, it depends on the message that you're wanting to tell. You have to be strategic about how you're going to do it. So if, you're, if it's something, I don't know, if it's breaking news that needs to get out right then, yeah, social media is your way to go. But if you're trying to really explain something, I think then you do it the other way. You need to do a press release, share it with the media, and then talk about it on social
0: media. So you would say that the strategy, because when I hear about, oh yeah, uh, if when a press release is written, a a lot of the time, the quotes that are are given aren't necessarily from uh, the individual, they're from the company that is producing this, uh, this release for them. That makes me think, I mean, like, like you're not seeing, I guess, somebody's unfiltered thoughts on something. And now, of course, we all have, I think, um, and a goal to look better in front of other people. And we're going to change the way that we we talk based on, you know, who's listening. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I think that is there not value, I guess, in having maybe what we're seeing right now, because I think, you know, a lot, if, if the president had a lot of this stuff that he said was just behind closed doors, you know, would we really know uh, as much about his thought process and who he is, you know?
1: I think that there definitely is value in having that unfiltered voice, uh, because that's a, it's a, it's all about trust with the people that you're trying to reach. Yeah. So, you just have to really think about the strategy behind it because if it's if you're just sharing something and wanting to add your own comments to it or just saying like a few little things i think I think that's okay and you wanna that's why i it's important for people to have these social platforms and be able to do that and be able to use their voice um but again, I just keep going back to the strategy if you're if you're it depends on just what you're saying, so I think. Some of the stuff that gets put out on certain Twitters too early uh, affects the way that the audience, like, takes in the message. And so brands have to be – brands could be people as well. You can be your personal brand. But you have to be smart about how you – before you tell a story or tell a message a promotion, anything – You have to think about, okay, how is the audience going to perceive this? And how do I want them to perceive this? So if you think of a way you want everyone to read it and how you want people to feel about it, you have to tell it in that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's the interesting thing about social media is because it can get twisted if it's not done correctly.
0: And I think we've seen so much of that, especially over the last, what, maybe five or six years, especially like more than any other time in history. Uh, It, you know, it was really weird. Uh, I remember, I think it was a, maybe a podcast that I listened to, or it was a story I read a few years ago about a couple that live in Georgia, that their whole deal is writing, you know, fake news articles and building whole websites really to, uh, make it look legitimate so that when somebody posts something from, you know, patriotofamerica.com or like some like ridiculous URL like that, when people click on the site, it's like, oh, this site has a bunch of different articles. It looks legitimate. I can trust this news source.
1: That's so frustrating that people mm-hmm. are spending their time doing that.
0: <laughs> so then for for you, is there anything that you particularly look for when it comes to trusting a news source or trusting a story? that makes it maybe a little bit more legitimate or or valid?
1: I look at the outlet. I think that has a lot to say. Mm. Um, clearly some are more trusted than others. And I think just as for information, I, I like to look up, this is not just be a me thing. I don't know if others do this. But when I read an article that I'm like, whoa, like this is, this is intense, or this is a lot. This is big information. I I instantly go to Google, and I instantly look for other things to talk about the with the same message. Mm-hmm. Because especially when it comes to like some politics and stuff like that, I want to know if I'm getting the truth. Um, and I I I wish others would do this as well, and not just take everything from one source. But if it's a source that I'm not comfortable with, and it's not trusted or just that I've never heard of anything like that I do I look for others and I realize that others can pick up stories too, but again, I wait till I find my find one that I trust really to stop looking. but if I see a bunch of things sharing the same message i will I will usually trust it, but also you can always go and look at the organization. Or whatever, if they mention anyone or anything in the in the story, you can go look at their social medias. You can search them. Um, I've I've actually seen before an article that talked about something someone said, and I went and looked up that person, and they had actually tweeted, "Hey, I didn't say that. That's fake." And I was like, "Wow!" It just all it took was me to look up their Twitter to find out that that really wasn't that wasn't their quote. So that was interesting
0: being in uh, being in your fields. Do you ever run into or have you ever come into contact with maybe a company that or individuals that do intentionally do that for money? So in regards to something like, let's say a presidential campaign or something like that, where you want uh, a certain image of a certain individual that your client is running against or something like that? Are, Are there people that you know, of or Have you ever run into that, I mean, dilemma of, of, you know, people disingenuously putting out fake information or or is that something that when it happens, it it flies a lot more under the radar and it's not something people are really too aware of before it happens?
1: Yeah, I have not. I have not come across that. I know a lot of times the people that we work with, uh, all it takes is us reaching out and saying, Hey, can you fix this? It's not right and then the reporter or whoever will go in and edit it. And it's sometimes that's all it takes. I don't think it's intentional on any of their parts to be sharing it. Um, and again, yeah, our clients yeah, our usually our messaging is consistent and we're not we're not pushing any false information. Um, We've run into issues before where there is miscommunication between us and clients and we have shared misinformation. Uh, But again, all it took was us reaching out and luckily we have been able to form connections with a lot of reporters. And um, So all it takes is to reach out and ask to fix it or apologize for your mistake. And that's, that's it. So yeah, I'm, I am lucky that I haven't had to deal with all of the, fake things and we haven't we haven't come across a lot of that and no one's really falsified information on a lot of our clients either
0: so so i've also been uh asking people i think in general like how are you spending your quarantine time i mean i I know you've you're you're at work and and doing all that but besides that what what else are you doing
1: yeah so i've been trying to this is still a little bit on to work we're trying to i'm trying to build my personal brand a little bit and kind of the repertoire of my company, but in that, helping myself as well. Um, kind of getting certifications in different professional things. Um, one of them being like Google, Google has ads and Google AdWords is a really useful tool. Um, so that's something I kind of do in my my own time, which I never, if you asked me a year ago, what I'd be doing in my free time is getting professional certifications. I would have I been crazy. <laughs> But it's again. It's I have all this time of not, not doing things and sitting and watching movies. So why not learn from this? Um, I've also been cooking a lot, and I have learned that I love it. <laughs> and it is. I will spend an hour a night making dinner for just myself, and I'm very content doing that. And I enjoy it, and it's it's kind of calming, which is interesting because I never really thought it would be a calming task, but I love it. And it's fun. I recommend it.
0: (laughs) I think that's a a really interesting part about this situation in general is that people are now spending a lot more time being mindful about the things that they do. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, in trying to find things to do in their free time, you know, you end up uh, finding something that you really like that may have just been a small part of your day. And it's, I I think it's interesting because I feel like cooking is something that a lot of people have started to get into more.
1: Mm-hmm. It's crazy. The thing is, no, go it's ahead. So interesting. It's so interesting because my schedule itself. All I really got back from being at home is my commute time, which it's that's significant. I I drive about thirty minutes to work, two and yeah. to work, and then home from work every day. Mm-hmm. But I think. I don't know. It's just, I know, and I know we haven't, we can't really go anywhere. So we're forced to do things at home. But when I think about my week, my weeks before this, I didn't really do much after work. I would come home and I would either work out or make dinner. And so what I'm doing, like the time that I have is not significantly more than what I had before, but I'm feeling like I need to use it more wisely.
0: And I think part of that is not going anywhere. Yeah. It's it it's the fact that you're kind of just strapped to to one location and uh, i feel like you feel more productive just getting out and uh, you meeting up with people or going to do something outside the house and that yeah. is the thought of of being in one place because i feel like before people are were just so go 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 like uh, had time, had no time to do anything and now that we've had to to stop and reassess, and you know many people are out of work or if you're not out of work, there's nowhere else to go. it does leave the mind more time to yeah to yeah to explore yourself and and figure out what you really enjoy so i mean what is there anything else that you've been doing? maybe is there anything outside the house at all? I mean, I know that you, know, you can't really do much with other people, but
1: yes, I have been going on my walks, which mm-hmm. actually I kind of came to this realization the other day. I have never really, before this time, gone... Like, I've gone on runs by myself, but I have not gone on walks. And the difference between the two is more significant than I ever thought it would be. Because I think the things I think about on walks, I... And I'm alone with myself all day, but for some reason, when I'm alone on these walks with headphones and just listening to music, I think... I don't know, I feel like I'm... Well, so myself and I never felt that way before. And it's just, it, that's an interesting thing. Um, I've also just tried to, we've been really lucky in Columbus with great weather the past yeah. couple of weeks. So unfortunately they did just close all the state and Metro parks, but I was lucky oh, to go. See
0: that.
1: Shoot. Yeah. I was lucky to go down, um, and go hiking in our one really hiking spot in Ohio. <laughs> Rocking Hills. And then last week I had a vacation planned that got canceled, but I had requested off Friday from work. So I ended up just keeping it and had a, had a day, um, where I didn't have to work. And it was actually, I didn't think I would, it would be as significant as it was. Cause I was like, I'm at home all day anyway, working a day off. Like it's, I can't really do much, but make the most of it. And so yeah, outside of work that, and just, I've been this is another interesting thing in this whole thing. Is I feel like I'm talking to people that if they live in a different state or anything, that or even if they still live in the same city, I just have been talking to people more huh. than I did when I could see them. So like I've been I FaceTime my cousins all the time now, and I talk to my aunt on the phone. They like she lives in Columbus, my cousins live in DC, but like we would just like talk every once in a while, and now we're like planning these times to FaceTime I was like why don't we do this when we like you live in a different city it's not like I can see you anyway why don't we do this when we're not quarantined it's a really interesting
0: point that's such a good point I mean even think about like our friend group and the fact that you know what was it last Thursday we got together and uh you know we're on zoom for a while and you know this it's planned again for tomorrow and uh the fact that you know we don't live all live in the same place and so I feel like it should have been something that we thought more about but yeah the fact that i think i feel like we're, we're forced to do it a lot for uh productivity reasons now you know i've become a lot more comfortable being on a zoom call you oh, know, yeah. because i'm forced to be in it every day in class and i think that part of it has made people a lot more comfortable but then at the same time yeah like you know i have as much freedom to go and see my next door neighbor as i do to see someone who lives across the country right. and so that dynamic has shifted that's a really good point
1: it makes me think about what's how how relationships are going to be after all of this. Um, just because I I'd not think about it. I'm like, now I just, I want to FaceTime my cousins. Like, we have friends that live across the state. We have friends in Chicago and freaking New Hampshire. Like, stuff like, I don't know. So I think it's just neat to think about that. Because, like, we never even talked about having a call with everyone and Mm -hmm. now i'm like okay well after this we can still do that with our friends that don't live in the same city and it'd be okay and we still have fun that's what we learned it's still fun just to hang out
0: and it's such an unnatural thing when you think about it i mean for what thousands and thousands of years humans always just socialized face to face and now that we're in a situation and i think that's partially why you know we don't default to being like okay why don't we get on a, a zoom call every once in a while but now that we're we're forced to have all of our social interactions from you know a socially distant uh, perspective, that's that's changed. It 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 I think just it being so unnatural, we've had to change the way that we approach yeah. uh, those conversations.
1: Yeah, it's, it's crazy, but I think that's a good thing that will come out of this is people realize now that they can still be connected from afar is there anything
0: else that you've thought about or noticed as far as things that you're like oh man that's that's not gonna go back to being the same that's not gonna go back to being normal after this is over
1: yeah i think i think a lot of restaurants are gonna realize they want to start doing carry out all the time
0: (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) um I don't know. That's a that's a big one. The social aspect of this all is a big one. I think like health precautions moving forward are going to change. Like I really think they're going to start like every store needs to have hand sanitizer when you walk in and out like an automatic thing that you don't have to touch. I think just spatial awareness is going to be a big one. I know. Just on my walks now, I notice just even walking on the sidewalk, you go a little bit to like to the edges, or like one goes on the street and one isn't, you know. And I think that was really interesting when this all first kind of started. I went to the grocery store, and no one really seemed to care about it yet. People were still like brushing up against me and like getting like, really close. And now, thank goodness, when I go places, like everyone's stays distant and when someone doesn't like they kind of get it either a dirty look or like you know people are thinking about it um so I I really I think spatial awareness is a big one for me like even I I'm I like to be close to people I like to hug people I like you know I think but obviously not public people but (laughs) um but and that doesn't usually bother me when like people come in my bubble but now I just realize it a lot more and I also realize again the health concerns about it all is is really interesting.
0: So. That's a, see you know and you know I mean, like I'm a very similar person in that way. Like I don't really mind people coming into my personal space too much, and I'm I'm a very you know like physical person. Mm-hmm. And you know it's it's a shame because I, I don't think that'll ever be the same. Uh, you're right. It's it's we're just looking at a different world, and I, I feel like anyone that you don't wholeheartedly trust. Uh, you're going to think twice about and then even older people in general i mean uh, with younger people in you know my eyes i'm a little less concerned about it uh but when i think about older people uh especially you know like my my grandma right now uh she very luckily is is safe but she's she's you know in her 80s and uh she's she's been quarantining and the closest that any of my family can get to her is, is waving to her outside the window and I think before, you know, when she came to visit us in the U.S. or we would go over a, a overseas to see her, I wouldn't think twice about walking in and giving her a hug and not, you know, not even thinking about where have I been over the last 24 hours.
1: Oh, absolutely. I even like, I don't know, I even if I had a slight cold, I'd be like, oh, like, don't, like, don't drink after me, but I'd still go give her a hug, you know, and I don't. And just even the whole hand washing thing now, every time I go see my grandma or even like any older family members, like I'm going to go in, I'm going to wash my hands before I give them a hug just because now it's drilled in my head that that's something I should be doing.
0: And then I, this will probably be my last question to you, but I I, want to just get your thoughts on uh, how the heck we stop talking about this all the time. I mean it, this conversation with you obviously has been pretty centric around it but I notice you know when I turn on the news or when I'm on social media it, it's it's very difficult to not you know get engrossed in in this whole thing Absolutely. and I don't know if you have any thoughts on how the heck we we steer conversations away from constantly talking about this
1: I think it's going to be a while because when it starts to go away, hopefully sooner rather than later, the communication is going to shift and say, "This is what everyone's doing, but still doing this." And then this is what people are doing now, but still doing this. Yeah. And I think I it's not gonna, it's going to be a long time. I really think so. And I think that's a lot of the conversations we've been having, um, just my colleagues and I, about like how we're going to have to. Frame everything around the the post COVID kind of thing. So oh, I, that's a good good question. That's just I think it's going to be a long time, and I think it's not it's going to be brought up still for a long time, but it's just going to be a slow rollout. So yeah. slowly, people will start talking about other things. Other things will start happening. I think the issue now too is with this it's the only, like, it's, it caused everything else to happen that, like, closed, so, like, we don't have as many things that we would normally be talking about, like, there's not a That's a there's not sports going on, there's not, like, like, yeah, politics is still a big conversation, but it, they've definitely been a lot quieter the past couple weeks.
0: Yeah, um, I remember thinking back to late 2019 and being like, oh my gosh, it's an election year and with how every how crazy everything was in 2016 and how crazy everything had been so far that we were just in for this absolutely unbelievable uh you know 10 months mm-hmm. of, up into the, when the presidential election is and you're right like that conversation has totally shifted i mean mm-hmm. i i remember like I, I was gathering with groups of friends to to watch the debates and right. you know we were sitting down and, and we're engrossed and it And I mean, obviously, Biden and Trump will uh, will debate each other at some point and uh, lots of people are going to watch. But I just don't think it's going to have the same uh, emphasis on it that it might have if this hadn't happened.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I just think once things start happening again, we'll have more things to talk about. Yeah. I just think everything... Because everything is just revolving around this. And all the the same conversations keep happening. Just like, what's happening? What's an update? What's everyone doing with their quarantine? What's working from home like? How are yep. you working from home? Like, the things that we're doing right now. And even like, what'd you do today? Oh, I went for a walk. Oh, yeah, because it's the only thing I can do because of this. <laughs> like you have to add that to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think just once... Yeah, it's gonna, it is going to be a long time. And that's sad to say, but I'm looking forward to the day when we don't have to talk about it in every single conversation anymore.
0: Hey, it'll happen. Uh, it'll happen at some point. Uh, some point. That's for sure. There is All a right. light somewhere Yeah, the tunnel. Susie, thanks so much for being on. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um,
1: yeah, thank you. Anything, uh, any
0: last words, anything you want to say?
1: Stay healthy, stay clean. love yourself.
0: Yeah. All right, thanks Susie.